Hey, this is Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. You're listening to and loving and loving the Spanish announce table. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, it is episode 294 of the Spanish announce table. And this actually is a special episode. I mean, you know, they're all special, but this one's a little more special because we're going to have some guests on this week's show. We're going to speak with Camaro Jackson and Kenny Alfonso of a tag team called Alpha Omega and their involvement in a show called Black Wrestlers Matter. Uh, more on that as, as we get going through, but uh, uh, amazing stuff. Interviews fun. Um, uh, Tom, how are you, though? I'm doing great. As most longtime listeners know, we typically do our interviews before the show uh, that you're hearing now just because uh, we want to be respectful of the talent's time. Uh, and so we get them done quick and, uh, you know, knocked out so they can do the rest of their uh, nightly activities. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling great. That was a really fun interview. Kenny and Camaro, uh, really great guys to talk to. Uh, a lot of cool little uh, nuggets in there, some some informational nuggets uh, that I thought were uh, pretty interesting. Um, really cool to hear some of their you know favorite matches and influences as well, uh, and also what the, the this upcoming event means to them. Uh, it was really great to hear that as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, so going back to your question, I'm doing great, man. Feeling awesome. I always like when we uh, kind of hit a home run with our interview, and I feel like we hit a home run with that one. Um, and just enjoying, with air quotes, uh, this Natty Light, as we have a beer sponsor of the week, one week delayed because it was our fault. So no Terramana, but I got that Natty Light, thanks to the ultimate one. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate one uh, is amazing, dude. Um, he has amazing tastes, albeit they may not be in beer choices. Unless I have a feeling this might have been a sarcastic pick, but you know. Well, and so that's a, that's how great of a guy he is. Even when he ribs you, you still are okay with it, right? Like I dislike this salt water, but you know what? Ultimate one, I see you. Okay, I see you. You know, all right. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do see you as well. Um, seriously though, the ultimate one. Um, it is it is an amazing human as, as we've discussed, right? Um, that he he I heard he smells of flowers and fresh rain. I don't know if you heard that, Tom. I have. He's the type of guy that you can go on a hunting trip with, and he'll accidentally shoot you in the face, and then you'll apologize to him. Mm-hmm. That's the type of guy he he's is. The kind of guy, yeah. He's the kind of guy that, like, uh, if your computer's not working uh, and you ask for some assistance, and all he does is turn it off and turn it back on, and it works, he doesn't give you shit about it. He's the type of guy that ask Jeeves, ask him a question. Mm-hmm. 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 I heard that too. I heard that too. Yep. Yeah, I heard that too. So, uh, more of us discussing how great the Ultimate One is. And if you too want to be a uh, Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week, uh, you can go to our website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Uh, there's a PayPal link up there, and you can donate to the show. And you just give us some money and say, hey, go buy this beer. And, uh, you know, and if you, if you got anything specific you want said or read, uh, you know, feel free to, to throw that in there. And otherwise, we'll, uh, 
we'll tell people how great you are like the ultimate yeah and so tim how are how have you been so we got you know i'm kind of still riding high off of a really fun interview uh outside of that didn't do too much but what about you tim what were you up to in this past week uh we were just doing more property work out here on the ranch man we uh had been neglecting mowing and so i got a little swim trunk uh, my son uh, for those who don't know that's what we call him here uh long story uh (laughs) that's what we call him on the spanish announce table uh got him set up on the running mowers like you're gonna go mow this stuff and he's like all right cool and then he comes in he's like hey uh the mower's smoking and i was like oh jesus just (laughs) keep going boy uh, push it (laughs) uh so you know it's under warranty so i gotta call and get that so i think he busted a belt on it or something so then again the push mower uh to mow in the front and back right Uh, oh some of that christ are you serious tim I've been well, to your right house. house. That's right. a yeah. No, not the not the whole property. Like right around the house. You know. What oh, I mean? like okay. Because you have a lot yeah. of land, and I was about to say, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No, the whole thing just gave that push mower and said, "Go get it done." Um, yeah. <laughs> if you start now, y'all be able to be done by sundown in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> no. So we were doing some of that, um, and then um, had a, our friend Clayton brought us over a new uh, burn barrel that I got to figure out how to cut a top off of a. a 55 gallon drum and i don't know how to do that tom it's got a little bit of remnants of some like antifreeze and stuff in it so i don't know what i'm supposed to do with that so but uh we'll figure it out that's what we do out here on the ranch you gotta figure things out right yeah figure it out don't look it up just no fact checks just figure it out just try to avoid sparking near liquid you know hey and if you do you know you'll have a fun story for later right like you know maybe maybe (laughs) maybe other people will have the story right exactly (laughs) What about you? Man, so it's been chaotic. I really feel like uh, I feel like a skater that's on the verge of falling and you see as their feet are just going in 1,500 directions right before they fall. I'm in that current state. I just feel like I have not. Yeah, I just feel like I have not been able to, to get my feet underneath me. Uh, things continue to go and go and go. I can't keep up with anything. I think I'm still doing all right with uh, things professionally and personally. Uh, but man, I am in the greatest need of like a short vacation just to get a deep breath. It's just been a hundred miles a minute, uh, even to the point where people at my uh, job, because we were all working uh, from home and doing you know meetings via Zoom and other types of uh, virtual get togethers and things like that. Uh, I've just been missing them. Like I've just been, I can't go and everyone's okay. They're like, yep, totally understand. We're just so backed up at work, uh, at home. Uh, you were speaking of your kind of, uh, home renovations. We have to redo our basement it keeps flooding. If there's just like a couple sprinkles of rain, it feels like. So we got that. It's just one thing after another, after another and Christ. Oh, that's where you're at right now. What's that? Right, you're in the basement right now, aren't you? You're in the basement right now, aren't you? No, I can't. So we've ripped up the entire basement. It's like we've moved the majority of our things from the basement to the garage because you just worked on that thing down there. Yeah, it looked great. I was so excited to show you what it looked like, and then it started flooding every other day. It felt like, uh, and so we've moved everything uh, from the basement to the garage, and we have people coming in tomorrow to look at. Um, what that will entail to fix, uh, which will probably Money. be a couple pretty pennies and then just yep. moving it on from there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That penny, 
that you were going to get me for the seven year anniversary never came, but you know, you should just keep it now because you're going to need it. Yeah, I do. I need every, if you actually wanted to send me a penny, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. I'll look around. Well, I'm not just talking to you. If you, the listener want to send me Mm -hmm. money, I will accept it. Go to to that Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week. If you don't like beer, don't want to give us beer. You just want to like donate money and be like, Hey, give Tom a penny. Yeah. Hey, it's a seven year anniversary. You give copper. Uh, We have provided you seven ish years of straight content. So please donate a penny. We need them. I need them. We have given you uh, seven years of copper plated quality podcasting. So, I mean, it fits. It does. It definitely does. It does. Hey, Tim, let's get into this interview then. We've, you know, just been talking about how great it's been. Um, Like, I've already stated we did it before this first segment. Uh, I'm really excited to share it with our audience. So you just want to roll right into it? Yeah, we'll roll right into it. We got Camaro Jackson, Kenny Alfonso of Alpha Omega. They are both on the phone. Um, uh, But it it sounds pretty good. I think it it rolls out. So we'll just play that now. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, I'm excited for this one. Uh, We've been talking about it all show. Um, and yeah, I think I don't know if we mentioned it yet or not, but um, a friend of the show and a Facebook friend of mine has been putting on. He, he started this group, Black Wrestlers Matter, which uh, you know is, is a bit of a, uh, a current event, if you will, uh, a tie in there. And now he's got a show. I mean, he's five years deep into this, and he's putting on a show with proceeds going to a great cause. Um, it is Black Wrestlers Matter, a celebration. Of black professional wrestling it's in about two weeks it's august 22nd in des moines but it's on iPay-Per-View, which is where a lot of our listeners are gonna chime in here it's only ten dollars uh, again for a great cause all proceeds going to knowledge is power funding dsm leaders of tomorrow uh, which we can get into you know a little bit more but uh i, I called out to to john and said hey man i, I want to you know help help you plug the show and uh and highlight what you guys are doing he said absolutely so let's 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 talk to some of the wrestlers. And I said, well, give me the hottest, freshest tag team you got. And we've got them, Tom. We've got Alpha Omega. We've got Camaro Jackson and Kenny Alfonso. You fellas on the line? Yes, sir. We're here. All right. Hey, guys. So let's just get right into it. And Kenny, I'll start with you first. Uh, Obviously, this is a very special event, uh, but we are going to just be spectators. You're actually going to be a part of the show. So what does this mean to be a part of such a special event? Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, it's kind of a, not in a bad way, but like a breath of fresh air for us because, like, the longest, as long as me and Camaro have been wrestling, like, the most he's ever been able to do as close to this is take, you know, photos together with other black talent in locker rooms. And that's pretty much, like, the most we've ever been able to do. So it's it's wild being on a, a whole show dedicated to all black talent and camaro what about you what does this really mean to you uh it means like we we finally have the opportunity to show that we're just as good as other wrestlers not just the white wrestlers the asians the latinos like we're just as good as them like we finally get the opportunity to have to be on that pedestal of greatness so like it's 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 surreal to me. I really can't believe that's happening. Especially like we we have the 
obligation of being a part of that show. So I was like, even it's even greater. Yeah, I am uh, super excited for it as well, just because I, I, you know, I've seen John start this, you know, several years ago, and it's kind of grown and, and gotten more exposure. And then, like you said, for you guys to be involved in something like this, what are, I mean, without getting, you know, uh, too detailed, I guess. What what are would would be some of the struggles of the black professional wrestler? Does it mirror? I'm assuming a lot of ways, you know, the the United States society uh, just for black folks in general. Or I mean, what is there anything that sticks out in mind of like what are some of the key struggles? Well, ironically, like the other day, my dad asked me. Uh, are there any like specific moments where, you know, we've been called out, uh, whether regarding if it was a show or training or anything like that, where we've been labeled as athletic freaks in a way. Um, there's also been occasional times where we've been at shows and we've had to play the bad guys and a lot of the audience members really, take it the wrong way and it gets a little too real for them and then they start shouting out things that aren't acceptable in most shows and, and stuff like that well and then what i was going to say on top of that so uh like tim said we are very excited about this show uh but to get a little bit familiar with your guys's tag team work if no one has seen you before and this upcoming show is the first time they're going to be exposed to your uh brand of tag team wrestling how would you do, how would you guys describe uh, a match uh, with you two as a team? I would say the best way to describe us is pretty, it's self explanatory. Like, if you look at me, I'm the big, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the big guy at the uh, crew, at the tag team. So, automatically, power, uh, generally, uh, this brute strength. You see Kenny, you see, you see this man of uh, structure, a statue of David, like this dude is ripped to the gills. Uh, he's, he's, the, he's the speed. He's the lightning of the team, man. Like so, we we're, we're that we're that power strength. We're like that tag team that has it all. Like once we we combine our strengths and we just become one awesome being. You know, Tom and I are the tag team that have you know almost some of it. Yeah, we're like if you guys are alpha omega, we would be like below average. <laughs> so like we're almost there, but like nah. You know, like we're still working on it. Oh my god! <laughs> Where did the name come from, Alpha Omega? Because that's that has some, you know, obviously some historical references. If you're lo- looking at certain books from history, uh, but what is, what does that name mean for you guys? Uh, I just got like a little, just like like a little fun fact about it. Uh, a lot of people like don't know about this, but like we originally started off as a black fraternity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it kind of evolves into into something greater than that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Was that the old NWL? Yeah. The reactions I get when I ask people anything about the NWL is always, a, it's a mixed bag. It's always a fun, <laughs> it's a sideways look or it's a, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> big hit or miss. Yeah. But it did lead you guys here. I mean, so, I mean, you, you know, and we don't have to touch on that too much. But so, I mean, moving forward, though, now, what does is, what is Alpha Omega mean to you guys now? The meaning has changed so much over the last couple of years. You know, like that term, it means the beginning and the end. But, like, I, I, I would say for us, it's really 
there's like a revolving door. So like there's a beginning, but it's not necessarily an end to Alpha Omega. Because once you get to the Alpha, you have to go to the Omega and go right back to the Alpha. So it's like it's a it's a revolving door of for one ass whooping, uh, for two just. It's pure greatness. This this with the, us as individuals and us as a collective. Um we've done things together that have been incredible. We've done things um on our own that have even been greater. So it's like that name has grown a lot in the last what three and a half years since we've been together. So like it's a it's it's a totally different feeling and meaning now. So now let's get into kind of the the obvious uh, elephant in the room. Right now, we're all being affected by COVID-19. Obviously, mass gatherings are being shut down all across the country. Uh, This show will most likely, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, this will be your first show since the lockdown. Is that correct? I believe this this is going to be my second show. Okay. So how how have you guys kept in shape? How have you guys, you know, kept the ring rust off during this time of lockdown? Are have you guys been watching your own matches back? Have you guys been influenced by, you know, watching the WWE net WWE network or YouTube? Listen to podcasts. Yeah, listening to our podcast, obviously. Um, what has been keeping your time while we've kind of just been sitting in neutral for the last few months? I say studying footage is one of the easiest things, but also one of the most beneficial things you can do uh, in a time like this. I mean, granted, home workouts and stuff like that suck, mm-hmm. but we've been able to tough it out and get through it at least because we 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 care about staying in tip top shape and not not making those standards that we set for ourselves whenever we come back to wrestling. Let's talk about at this show coming up. At the Black Wrestlers Matter, you're taking on a team with technical difficulties. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know these guys, man. Are you guys going to beat these guys up or what's going on? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm going to throw these boys around like they're cats in the trash can. I'm going to whoop that. I'm going to that ass. Look, let me tell you about these two, man. Like, no one knows who they are, and that's fair because they're young dudes. They're, they're just really starting to get their feet wet. And um, this is a big opportunity for them. Like, this is their first real opportunity outside their home turf, which is the Harley Race Wrestling Academy. Um, So they have the chance to finally show who they are and what Harley showed them, what Harley taught them. So it's going to be very interesting to see them on a stage that's bigger than what they're used to. Uh, I'll go go to bat for those dudes. Those dudes are really great guys personally. And when it comes to being pros at this game, just for them to be well, about a year in, they get it, man. They get it. They get the idea of what wrestling is, especially tag team wrestling. A lot of people don't understand tag team wrestling, and those two get it. So it's going to be very unique to see Alpha Omega and Technical Difficulties. To touch on that real quick, the tag team wrestling uh, that you've talked about, there there seems to be uh, a pretty big resurgence as of late. Is there anything you guys you know have to kind of actively be aware of to think like, hey, we got to make sure we're sticking out or we're standing above the crowd here if if, if everybody's refocusing on tag team wrestling? Yeah, there aren't 
a whole lot of tag teams like us. As a matter of fact, there aren't a whole lot of uh, black tag teams out there. And I really didn't even mm. notice that until uh, our good friend Airwolf uh, brought that up. So, yeah, I definitely say we we try our best. But even if we're not trying to stand out, we just naturally do. So other than your match that obviously you guys are looking forward to and, you know, getting back in the ring and uh, doing what you love, what other matches on this card are, are you looking forward to? Is, is it the main event? Is it something before your match? What, what's the other match that has your attention for, for this card? It's definitely the main event. I cannot wait to see ACH again, man. He's great, isn't he? Talk a little bit about his influence right now. You know, obviously he had his uh, run in NXT, and obviously that was uh, cut short because of uh, WWE, let's be honest. Um, but now he's back, you know, doing the independent circuit. Um he, he's been on local shows here in Kansas City. I've seen him on, you know, a Metro Pro, and I've seen him, I think, on a couple uh, NWL shows as well. What's his influence like uh, for your guys' careers? He's – everybody has, like, their own, like, opinion about him, especially with only seeing what he's about online. But if you get to know him, he's genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met, and he's actually – gone out of his way to try to help get me booked on shows I have trouble getting booked on and stuff like that. And just his, like, swagger, man. Like, his, the way he carries himself. Like, he's not the traditional uh, black wrestler you'll see on TV. He He's himself. You know what I mean? Like, he beats his, he's himself. And that's, like, it blew my mind. Like, when I really just truly looked at him, I'm like, he's just him. He's him in that ring. He ain't nobody else. I'm like, okay, that's that's what we need to be every time. When we in that ring, we need to be us. Like, us to the a thousandth power. That's all it is, man. And it was just, it was a different feel, especially just, like, just being around him, man. He just has that energy. He has the, he makes you, he makes you want to do something. That's great. I, so, you know, you and you mentioned uh, something that we've kind of hit on here before in, in our show is that we talked about the best wrestlers are always that, you know, the phrase is, you know, they take their own personality and they crank it up to 11 or like you said, the thousandth power. Um, and and you said you guys actively do that. That's kind of how you do it. So is it hard to turn that off? You find yourself like going to the grocery store and whipping out a promo on somebody because they're in the way. I mean, like, is that like, do you just live the life or what's up? I ever turn mine off, man. <laughs> what you see on TV is what you get with Camaro. <laughs> well, then let's do a little bit deeper dive. Then we like to um, we like to get a good cross section view of the industry when we talk to folks, and we do that by asking the same set of five questions, and it really gives us a good kind of view of uh, of where you're coming from, right? We we call it Cinco Preguntas here because we're the Spanish announce table, and that is about the extent of the Spanish knowledge we have, so. These are going to be in English, so don't worry. Um, and we'll start, you know, um, and each of you can kind of answer this. These aren't rapid fire. Feel free to expand on your answer. Uh, g- you know, give us a reason as to why. And um, we can kind of take turns, go back and forth. But uh, so we'll start here with Camaro. Uh, the first question we have is, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Eddie Guerrero. Ooh, Eddie. Huh? All right. Eddie is a, a big uh, Tom, that was one of your favorites, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. He, I mean, uh, as far as like a, a character gimmick, I wouldn't put him up in my top five, but just 
wrestling matches to watch, you know, like, uh, you know, going through the WWE network or YouTube and your, you know, your recommended videos. Yeah. It's always, he's always in there somewhere. So definitely Kenny, what about you? Got to go with HBK. He's one of the first guys that really caught my attention. And he's, he's also one of the smaller guys too. So it's, it's real inspirational seeing us, one of us smaller guys out there really making it. Definitely. All right. Now let's, transition that right into question number two uh and again this can be uh typically when we ask non-wrestlers we just ask for one match but now that you guys are obviously uh actively um wrestling we'll we'll ask kind of a two-part question so the first part is what's your favorite match of all time and then the second part of that is what's your favorite match that you've wrestled in so uh camaro we'll start with you again what is your favorite match and then favorite match uh, that you've been in? Uh, my favorite match of all time uh, is Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Whoa, that match. Oh, my goodness. Kurt Angle was a beast. A mm-hmm. beast. A flat oh, yeah. monster in the ring. And you just put him and HBK together in Mania? Come on, man. And we have not had that answer, I don't think, Tom. Correct me if I'm wrong, but and that's a, a great match uh, to pick. And, and you're right. Kurt Angle, uh, probably to this day, could just go out and, and out, you know, athlete, you know, what, 99% of the world's population. I mean, he's just an, an animal. And then, um, uh, so Kenny then, uh, or, or no, no, so yeah, the favorite match you've been in then, Kamara, what, what, uh, let's go there. Oh, phew, man, that's kind of hard. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, I would say that we had this match in the, uh, this tournament. Uh, I get the Express Classic or something. Um, mm. uh, what was the guy's name? We worked with Kenny. Uh, Dante, Dante Leon, right? Yeah. And Paige. Yeah, yeah. And we, we was like the first round, first match, and like the match was so good. It was like thirty people in the crowd, but that match was we we it, it was so good. We hit on every cylinder. That's one of my favorite matches, our favorite tag matches we've ever wrestled. Um, and just like, oh man, it was sweat. That's why we are our second year in, our first year we were still. Pretty new when we had that match. It was like it was like boom, 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 boom. It hit everything. Like when I went back to watch that match, I'm like, wow, like it. I can still like I still feel that energy. I still feel like it's one of the the best matches that holds up to what we've done. Like it's definitely right. still still up there. Um, a lot of matches. I go back and watch, and I'm like, damn, man, we, we, we're totally different now. We're totally different wrestlers now. Just the way we go about stuff, just the way we present everything, like, we're, we're grown up. But, like, that match, I feel like it will, it's going to stick out for the rest of our careers. At least it's going to be top five for the rest of our careers. I could be wrong over time, but it's definitely in that conversation. It's number one for me right now, at least. I like that. I like that. Well, that's good. Like when things started finally feeling like they were clicking, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So then Kenny, then who's, uh, what was the favorite match you, uh, of your, you know, your favorite match of all time, you know, kind of watching. Hmm. One of the first ones that usually pops into my head is, uh, 
It was there. WrestleMania, I think it was 17. Uh, it was Hardy Boys versus the Dudley's versus Edge and Christian in that uh, TLC three-way tag match. Mm. Yeah, that one raises a lot, a lot of eyebrows, but it's, I don't know. It's like the way that everything was set up and executed perfectly, it was just really the way that it was thought out. I, I, I don't know. It was just laid out like a masterpiece, and that's one that really caught my attention. And then what about the one that you've been in? I was probably with us versus Top Flight versus uh, Airwolf and... Ooh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a winner. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like the way that everything flowed in that match was so natural. It, it, it feels like we were in the ring with people that we've been in the ring with for years. Like we wrestled each other so many, so many times leading up to that, but that was literally our first time in the ring together ever. So yeah, I'm going to go with that match. So then Kenny, let's stick with you here. Uh, this third question we get into is, um, who is your biggest influence? Now this can be, some people take this different ways. They take it like who influenced them, you know, creatively from, you know, watching or who like had a direct influence. So whatever came to mind when I asked you, who's your biggest influence? Ooh, I, in the ring, I would definitely go with a, a mix between HBK and ACH. Um, okay. HBK, obviously, with the whole size thing that I brought up earlier, and just the way how animated and explosive and over the top, not too much over the top, but how over the top ACH is with everything that he does in the ring. It's so fun watching him literally do anything, so... I, I try to be like that in a certain way. And Camaro, what about you? When it comes to, I say, swagger and charisma, I was definitely influenced by The Rock. Just when he, when he opened his mouth, man, you just glue. Because you know he's going to say something. You know he's about to either make you laugh, he's going to make you say, ooh, ah, or something's going to go down. So it was always The Rock, man. He always did stuff. Like with some enthusiasm, like when you, when you punch somebody, you spin his hand and knock it clean upside the head. Like it was always that that he was confident. When he walked, he was confident, especially when he was Hollywood Rock. That's my favorite version of the two thousand three version. <laughs> that two thousand three version, yes, yeah, with the black mm-hmm. with the black dash, mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> leather pants, the shades. He's just walking through the ring, his vest, like, what's up? I'm here. This man, a million out of Hollywood, Scorpion King, what's up? Yeah. So that was, <laughs> I got it. Then, um, Triple H. Triple H, man. Ah, people, people sleep on Triple H. The Triple H's ring stuff is, a lot of it is really good. He always, he's always... When you watch the place, it's always the little stuff, man. It's always his emotions, his expressions, his body language. It's always something detailed with Triple H that I've always liked and I always thought was unique. And also, yeah. he has some pretty cool promos. They do get a little long-winded sometimes, but solid promo guy, too. And of course, yes, a great yeah. heel. Yeah, yeah I, with Triple H, I was always impressed with his timing. Like in the match, you never got a whole lot of these, you know, too often where like, oh, I got to stand here and wait for the guy to finish setting himself up on the top rope. And you know what I mean? Like it always kind of flowed very believably. And you're right. The promos just, yeah, you would come away going like, I think he's really going to kill that man. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into question number four. Uh, now we're going to get a little weird. These next two, I'm going to be honest with you guys, going to get a little weird. So we're going to start off uh, on the weird train, you know, going a little slow. And then question five, we're really going to hit a left turn on you guys. But let's go with question four. My question four is going to be, what is your favorite term in pro wrestling? And what we mean here is, you know, skin the cat, kayfabe, things like that. A pro wrestling term. What is your favorite one that comes to mind? And either one of you guys can start. I'll say like my favorite one to say, <laughs> just to say for fun is lock up with me. I don't, I don't know. That's like, <laughs> I don't know. Me and, no, I that, yeah. A lot of us boys joke around and just do stuff like that randomly at times. We could be like at a store or just hanging out in the pub and want you to lock up with me. I don't know where. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just, that's just the one that came to my head. So, Whenever, whenever a wrestler's putting himself over or bragging about some shit, I'm like, I'm like shut the fuck up and fucking march. <laughs> February, fucking march. <laughs> I can say that to any and everybody. Not even wrestlers. I'm calling everybody a mark. I call my, I call my kids marks. I'm like, you guys are all a bunch of marks, okay? It's a bunch of little marks. They're just like, Dad, what are you talking about? I'm like, whatever, man. Get out of my face. I love that. That's the best. You'd be like, yeah, you wouldn't know, That's would you? That's the yeah. best. You call your kids a mark? <laughs> hold on. Hold on real quick, though. Wait a minute. Let me clarify something because I, I just want to make... Neither one of your kids is named Mark, though, correct? No. no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this fifth one... This fifth one is, it's not even really a question. I don't, I don't know why we say it's a question. It's not really a question. It's a hypothetical situation. We're going to put you guys on the spot. We're, we're, we're going to be a little honest here. Uh, it's going to be creatively. So if you guys need to, you know, butt heads, figure this one out, or, or kind of each one take a stab at it, what we're going to do is we're going to pretend that we're in a creative meeting right now. It's the four of us, and we're booking you guys, like, for a long-term storyline here to the top. To whatever you want this to be, right? This is the top of Mania or AEW's, you know, uh, All In or whatever, you know, whatever your dream thing is here, right? We're booking you two over uh, against us here, Tim and Tom here, right? We got to, you got to give us the storyline, though. That's up to you. That's up to you. So, who's the heel, who's face in this scenario? That's up to you. Okay. Okay. Mm. Hmm. Well, I feel like if they're if they're below average, they're already at a dis- disadvantage. So I, yep. I feel like we we could be heels. All right, Tom. So yep, we're, I agree. We're the face here. This yep. is going to be fun. I don't think we're rarely the face in this. Oh situation. wow! Hey, I like it. Uh, okay, wait. I might have something. <laughs> All right. So below. Okay, below average. All right. We the we the athletes. We athletic. All right. So. We in a we in, we in a Looney Tunes situation. You guys are like Daffy Duck to our Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Daffy was always always upset that he couldn't do what Bugs did, or he never got that attention that Bugs got. So maybe in this situation, you guys would be the hills. All right, I like it. Um, That's most likely. <laughs> See that? That's, that's why. That's why I'm doing that right now. Kenny, I don't know. Add on some more. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We we like the Bugs Bunny out of Daffy Duck. I, I I don't know why this came to my head, but if we were gonna be heels, I was thinking. I I, I don't know how this would lead up to uh-huh. our main moment, but to at least 
at least sometime throughout the storyline, you, both of you guys are driving somewhere and you get pulled over. And guess who walks up to the windows? Disguised as cops. <laughs> we yank like both of you guys out and start beating this dog shit out of you. Easy to do. Yeah, yeah, and that I, I don't know. That could lead up to a, a cinematic match. That could be the end of that segment, leading in, leading up to a regular match. I don't know. I don't know why that came to my head, but no, I like that because I'm sure we committed. Yeah, I'm sure we committed several crimes along the way. So, uh, you know, we've committed crimes to podcasting, to humanity, uh, you know, just in general, right? Um, Tom, what do you think, man? We, uh, and, maybe, uh, and maybe, and maybe after we beat you guys up, you take all your seatbelts. Just take, and you seat guys have no seatbelts. Put us in peril, even. <laughs> What a mean thing to do that's so easy to do as well. I like that. That's great because it's such an inconvenience because then for the rest of the time you have the car. I like that. So, okay. So, let's hit the uh, let's hit these plugs again. We got Black Wrestlers Matter, a celebration of black professional wrestling. And this is a big deal. I mean, this is a huge uh, a thing. I mean, we, we, you know, we discussed it and then we kind of got further into you. But, I mean, that is a big deal. This is giving a lot of folks a lot of uh, chance and opportunities and highlights. That, that they may otherwise not have gotten, as you guys alluded to earlier. That's August 2nd in Des Moines on iPay-Per-View at BlackWrestlersMatter.com. Only 10 bucks. I mean, you guys got 10 bucks, right? I mean, come on, spend some money. Um, so anything you guys want to wrap up with that stuff? You guys got time to want to plug your own Twitters, any kind of things like that too? Like any kind of summary of, of what this stuff means to you, any of that? Before digging into anything else, you can follow... Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Kenny Alfonso. Uh, we also have an online merchandise uh, section at Mouthpiece Designs. If you need a link, feel free to DM either one of us. And you know you can follow me at IG, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Hill Camaro. Um, so want some merch? Hit us up. We got you take care of you um we might be having something else coming out soon we don't know yet but we might hold up now we might be having something got some cooking well, that's right, right? The greatness you guys talked about, right? You always got something coming down the pike and that's why people got to keep staying tuned in follow them follow the Black Wrestlers Matter watch the show uh you know, support these fellas, man. They're out here working hard, trying to entertain you, uh, and doing a good job of it from the sounds of it. So, uh, fellas, I mean, we've really appreciated uh, your time coming on here. Um, I mean, this has been fun. We had a good time, man. We appreciate you for having us. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, uh, got our ass beat by some cops. We probably deserved it. You know, uh, those guys sure we did. Yeah, those guys were really great. Uh, one thing that, I, as I mentioned before, we we played the interview, some of those nuggets of uh, information that I found interesting. Uh, you know, ACH to me has always been someone uh, on the independent circuit that I've been aware of, uh, but it's really cool to hear his influence uh, on other young wrestlers like Kenny and Camaro uh, and how, you know, their backstage interactions with him have really helped them uh, get bookings as Kenny and mentioned, and also just, you know, that, uh, influence of the in-ring style. So I, I honestly going into the interview, I didn't expect that. So that was really cool. 
Yeah, that definitely was probably the most, you know, uh, there always is something in these interviews where it's like, I mean, I figured we were going to talk about this and this and this, and obviously we're going to talk about this. And it was always like, I really didn't think we would talk about this. And, and I mean, I knew ACH is on the card, but, you know, I didn't think we'd get into uh, as frequent as ACH talk as we did. Uh, but the whole interview was fun. Those guys sound like uh, a, a, a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, it looked like they're very entertaining, uh, in that ring. I mean, I've seen them in the ring. I can tell you they are very entertaining. Um, but just the, the whole show altogether, the black wrestlers matter too. uh, great cause, obviously. Um, and great showcase, right? And it's 10 bucks. Right? Yeah. 10 bucks. Blackwrestlersmatter.com. Yeah. This is one of those great, uh, events and examples to, to do a little bit more than just a cool hashtag, right? It's one thing to obviously give your support by, you know, doing whatever social media trend it is for that week or that day. Uh, but here is an actual substantial contribution you can make towards, something that is going to help other people. So I'm really excited about this event. All kinds of merch um, that, that you can go to. Like if you want something beyond just seeing the show, you want to donate some more and get something for your money. And again, it's going to uh, a program uh, there in Des Moines, knowledge is power, fun DSM leaders of tomorrow. And that is, uh, I'll just read from their little uh, GoFundMe here. Right. Uh, Hosted by the Be Well Foundation, this fundraiser is striving to raise money to offset the needs for the 33,000 students of Des Moines Public Schools. School administration, staff, and teachers will be able to apply for funds that will directly serve specific needs like school supplies, uh, program fundings, clothing, personal hygiene items, and more. So, uh, again, what you, you, you get to watch some great entertainment, get some extra showcase for these folks, uh, help them out, and help out kids. I mean, come on. Yeah. You're a great person. Yeah. All around great person. Just like Ultimate One, who is our beer sponsor like of the week. Uh, Ultimate One, fun fact, uh, he can not only give you a high five, he can. I'm buying time because I, I just lost my train of thought. He doesn't lose his train of thought. There you go. Ultimate One is the type of guy that when he does a podcast or an interview or talks to you in person via phone or in person, he doesn't lose his train of thought. Huh? Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. I, I heard uh, since we were talking about mowers earlier that like he could have a mower where the wheel completely falls off and he still gets those like perfect straight lines in the yard. He's the best. That is the reason why he is the the ultimate one. Hey, look, ultimate one is so great. We're not going around here calling him the average one or below average one like that tag team that uh, Alpha and Omega beat up. He is the Mm -hmm. ultimate one, damn it. Ultimate. He is. He's ultimate. Uh, And this beer is... It's It's ultimately shit. But again, he's the type (laughs) of guy that will, will rib you and you're okay with it. I am so happy to be so dissatisfied with drinking this beer. This this beer tastes like uh, exhaust from an 84 Chevy pickup and an old sweaty Make America Great Again hat. Oh, this beer tastes like uh, using Internet Explorer in 2020. Not every site loads, but you're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it works. All right, so Todd, what do we, man, what a fun week of wrestling, besides us having a fun interview, us having some beer, and praising the ultimate one. Um, well, God, let's get into it, huh? Yeah, so uh, 
we'll kind of share our thoughts towards the end of, I think, let's be honest, the biggest news story of the week, and that's Raw Underground. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit later. Uh, but as we always do, uh, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite. That is our favorite show still. Uh, so we skew more towards that. Uh, and so let's get into a quick recap of AEW Dynamite. So, Tim, it started off right off the jump. And I love how they do this. Uh, there's no in-ring promo to get you excited about something 20 minutes from now. No, it's a match right when we hit air. And we had a 12-man tag of the Elite and FTR versus the Dark Order. Uh, one bit of note that I found interesting is the Dark Order has Colt Cabana. So uh, the billing was the Elite and FTR, but it was not Colt Cabana and the Dark Order. It was just the Dark Order. I found that interesting. Uh, what did you think of the match? I think the most interesting thing that stuck out to me was they continued the whole, hey, what is Hangman doing, right? Like FDR is hurt, but hey, man, where are you going, right? Like, um, that's fun, right? Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting, yeah, right? Because, yeah. you know, uh, one of the members of FTR got injured. I found it interesting that the other one would just leave as well. Like, you're not hurt. You can continue. But then who also left alongside him was Hangman Adam Page. Now, he came back. Uh, I enjoyed the little subtlety of him and Brody Lee still having some type of beef. Or It feels like maybe Brody Lee has some type of information or inclination that he knows something more about Hangman Adam Page. Uh, but the match itself, man, it was just a, a Daytona 500 car wreck. The entire time, there was just big move after big move after big move. It was uh, a circus on steroids sometimes. Um, the Dark Order actually picked up the victory. Uh, was that a surprising outcome in your in your book? No, because I thought we were going to, the biggest takeaway would be that setup for the, uh, you know, like, what are you guys doing, baby? Why'd you leave the fucking, you know? right like and that it's best served when they lose right because of stuff like that um yeah well at one point there was a four on three suplex right oh yeah yeah there was a ton of action and i thought this was the best way to kick off a show uh for for a very exciting night of wrestling like it like i mentioned there was no uh, here's what we got going on, or I'm the bad guy and I'm going to run down the good guy. It was just action. Like that was the tone setter for everyone, everyone else and everything else, uh, after this match. So I thought it was really cool. As I mentioned, dark order picked up the victory, uh, Colt Cabana again, Colt Cabana, C U L T, uh, so excited to get that victory after, you know, I believe it was Brody Lee that got the pin, uh, Cabana's walking around with, you know, the number one uh, hand gesture. He was so tickled to get a win uh, and just didn't really care uh, of the of the circumstances to get the victory. So I thought that was interesting. I'm still invested in this Colt Cabana, maybe too dumb to realize what he's doing, but maybe he's so smart he's actually working everyone else. I don't know. Uh, it's still a really cool story for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I like it. Yep. All right. And then after that, uh, we saw the best friends make their way to the ring in uh, Trent's mom's van. And then we got best friends, best, excuse me, best friends 
uh, versus Santana and Ortiz. Best friends get the victory in a very, very fun match. I, I, again, awesome tag team wrestling. I thought the way this episode started, uh, as I've mentioned for a few weeks now, just showcased that AEW has the best tag team wrestling on the planet. And uh, this showed it again. Uh, as I mentioned, best friends picked up the victory. Uh, what did you take away from this? Um, I liked, I liked, uh, the best friends are fun. They're just fun, right? Like the whole, uh, the van thing, they're like, asked her to park it somewhere safe, right? So I'm like, all right, something's coming here. Uh, so then I'm kind of giddy for that the whole time. Uh, it was fun. I liked, I really liked the best friends and I kind of, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm upset they didn't get the title when they had that shot. Yeah. I, I still think that's a miss. Now I am so invested and I really enjoy the whole Kenny Omega hangman, Adam page kind of friends, kind of frenemies. They're the champs. So they still got to keep tagging. And then obviously FTR young bucks, uh, butcher and the blade, all of those, you know, subcategories underneath that. But yeah, best friends to get that entrance a few weeks back from Sue uh, in the van that was made into an awesome T-shirt for them to lose. I just felt like that wasn't the right move. Like you capitalize on a cool entrance like that. And they're my favorite tag team in the stack division of uh, FTR, uh, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman, Adam Page, Butcher and the Blade, Lucha Bros, um, you know, Jurassic Express, all of these teams for me, best friends just they're the perfect version of silliness, but then they can be serious on the drop of a hat. Like they can make sure a match feels important and it's not just pure comedy wrestling. Um, post-match we, we saw after Santana and Ortiz lost who I'm very high on them. And, and I want to see them break away a little bit from the inner circle. I, I want to see them get doing what I'm about to explain. And that is taking out the van of Sue, which is Trent's mother, um, and just spray painting and breaking windows. Thought that was a cool gritty moment. Give him the middle finger post, uh, destruction of van. Uh, I thought that was a, a really fun segment. The only thing I didn't like, and pro wrestling does this a ton is, um, I believe it was Santana broke out a window, but we got a shot from inside the van. Yeah. I don't like right. that. Like, how did that happen? Why did that happen? That is zero sense to me. Um, but yeah, the destruction of the best friend's van. Well, I guess it's Sue's van. Uh, that pissed him off, and that was a good promo as well. Uh, so we're going to get a feud based off of a van? What do you think about that? I love it. You know, like now he's in trouble with his mom, so now they got to fight. Of course. Anytime someone gets you in trouble with your mom, you're going to kick their ass at any age. Look, Tim. I think the world of you. We've been doing this podcast off and on for seven years and other podcasts. If you ever got me in trouble with my mom, I'm going to find you and we're going to fist fight at this age. How have I not? Yeah. Like I am going to fist fight. Like you don't get me in trouble. I got you in trouble with your mom though. She clearly doesn't listen. Oh yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if there's ever a chance that you can cause dissension between me and my mother, well, friend i'm gonna put five across your lip and i totally yeah. understand what the best friends did there like they are pissed and they deserve a rematch even though they won 
Yeah, that's right. Give me a rematch. You won. I want a rematch. <laughs> I want a rematch. But you won. You can move on. No, I want to kick their ass again. Like I think that's a fun. I think that's a fun way to start a feud. And and for Santana and Ortiz, it totally makes sense, right? Like you lost. Well, you're pissed off. Yeah. So, God. Go ahead. Here's a thing. Like so. A storyline where somebody keeps wanting the rematch, but it's the person who keeps winning. And the person who keeps losing is like, I don't want the rematch. And then, like, they have to, like, go win a match to not get the to have the rematch, and they lose that, too. And they're like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the person cost them the not winning the rematch. Like, oh, you could just flip the whole thing backwards. Oh, it would be so fun. That would be fun. But that's what we have here, right? Because best friends won. They should be moving on to face, you know. Uh, you know, SCU or or another one of the million tag teams that right. are awesome. Whoever's next up, whoever's on, whoever's the next ranked up. Yeah, but no, they're going to keep going with Santana Ortiz. And like I was saying, it makes complete sense for Santana Ortiz to take out the van because they're mad that they lost. And what do you do when you're mad at someone who you really can't kick their ass? Well, you destroy their shit. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, this feud uh, feels organic. It feels. Uh, real relatable. I shouldn't say real. Well, these guys would not like each other, right? Know? It feels relatable uh, from both sides uh, uh, of this feud, and I, I'm a big fan. Again, best friends are my favorite tag team currently, and Santana Ortiz. I think the world of them as well. I want them to get a little bit more gritty. Uh, maybe also get a little uh, Eddie Kingston to join them. Eh, that's just my hope. Um, but yeah, so let's move on. After that. We got the MJF shows off his headquarters. Uh, and then in that same segment, we got Sammy Guevara lays out Matt Hardy. Uh, two different kind of segments, but in the same uh, block here. Uh, what do you think about each uh, of these segments? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, nothing groundbreaking, right? Just kind of carrying on what we we're doing. Um, Sammy, which I don't know if this comes later or not, but uh, I want to go out to our Twitter feed out here. Uh, by the way, you listening at home, if you use hashtag tweet the table uh, on your Twitter machine while you're watching the wrestling, while you're listening to this show, whatever, uh, we're going to read a few of them here, right? You got a good one? Uh, we're going to read them right here. And at Chris Mercado 23 has a good one. He says, I don't always pay attention during the picture in picture segments, but whenever Sammy Guevara's got his cue cards, I'm locked in. Hashtag tweet the table. Um, that was fun. I don't know if you caught that one on the picture picture. Yeah, the, that was right before. Cards. Yeah, that was right before the debate. And he came out and uh, just, you know, ran down Orange Cassidy via uh, cue cards. Uh, he, and he had a promo during a picture in picture while they're in commercial. Yeah. And that's how you utilize your time, right? If you're going to do picture in picture, I don't necessarily need to see a rest hold like that just checks me out. Uh, so if you're going to do, like Chris Mercado said, uh, some cue cards, well, I'm going to pay attention. Now I'm not paying attention to the ads, and maybe the advertisers hate that, but I don't care. Uh, I'm going to pay attention to what they're doing. And so it kept me tuned in, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, going back to this segment. I like that he's back, Sammy Guevara. Oh, like yeah. Now, again, I completely support the reason why he left, and I a million percent think that that was the right call. Uh, but I am very excited to see him back on television. And in the segment, so the MJF segment, yeah, kind of standard protocol, uh, you know, running still on those election themes um, and that perfectionist with the uh, poster being uneven, things like that. Um, and then we go into the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy's promo. I'm OK with I kind of like that he's transitioning out of I came here because I wanted to, you know, show my multi multi metaverse or however he's calling it um, and then help 
on screen and uh, and off screen. It seemed like he alluded to the fact that he may not be with Private Party moving forward. Like he's gonna go on his own, uh, at least on screen. Uh, and then yeah, Sammy Guevara attacks him, catches him, catches Matt Hardy with the edge of a chair as he throws it at his face and just gushes him, just stuck him like a pig. Uh, blood is going everywhere, and then does some type of. I don't know, inverted 1020 backflip forward flip bullshit thing that was really cool to see. That's exactly what it's called. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we don't fact check. So, yeah, let's just call it that. Um, yeah, takes out Matt Hardy. Uh, Sammy Guevara, another one that let's push him a little bit more. I'm starting to get the Randy Orton evolution vibes from Sammy Guevara. Obviously a different character, but that this is the next guy. That kind of feel. That's what I'm getting from Sammy. What about you? Uh, he's so good. I, You know, like when when he first introduced the inner circle and he brought out Sammy Guevara, I was like, this kid? And uh, now I see why. Uh, he is charismatic. He's endearing. Even when he's being a little shit, you're like, ah, come here, Sammy. <laughs> yeah. You know, looking back at the start of AEW's storylines, there was a lot of things at the time where I was like, Okay, and now that they've had time to invest into the characters that they are, I'm a hundred percent in on watching everything that they do. But if you think back, like Hangman Adam Page had the first title shot against Chris Jericho for the AEW Championship. At the time, I was like, I don't really know about that that guy. And now I can't get enough of Hangman Adam Page. I want him in every segment, almost right. Also on uh, AEW Dynamite, if memory serves me correct, it was Cody versus Sammy Guevara. And that was another person, kind of like what you said, where Sammy comes out and you're like, okay, Spanish God, ah, all right. You know, like you're just a guy. And fast forward to, you know, this week on Dynamite, and he had the spot of the night, I thought, with that inverted backflip, front flip 1200, you know, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, let's keep going. Uh, after those segments that were in the same block, uh, we had a tag team match uh, of the Dark Order versus Cody and Matt Cardona. Now this was a good one. I thought this was you know a good way to establish Matt Cardona, uh, get his move set in and get the hot tag things like that, and then it keeps Cody in rotation without doing the open challenge. Um, what did you think of this? I thought it was good. I just, I'm going to need more from Matt Cordon. What? It, Cordona? Cardona. Uh, Cardona. Cardona. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need more from Matt Cardona if we're going to make Matt Cardona a big thing, right? Like, I, he's just Zack Ryder is all I see out there. Yeah. And for me, the Zack Ryder hype train, all of that, that sailed. You know, that's, that, yeah. that was a, that's well, a boat reference, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's, I don't have, a, I don't have any beef, you know, with the, the character of Zack Ryder or now we're calling Matt Cardona, same thing. Uh, it's fine, but I don't, again, where's Joey Janela? I want to see Joey Janela. Where's, uh, I just, yeah. If, if, if he was coming out with some new, you know, whole new demeanor or whole new, it's, it's still the. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's a nerd. He's a likable nerd. 
right? Oh, yeah. Like, he's a nerd. Yeah, the thing that I feel like he's known for now in 2020 isn't the Internet Wrestling Championship that he created on his YouTube channel 10 years ago. It's that he has a bunch of toys. Like, right. I don't give a fuck. I got toys, too. You want me to be a pro wrestler? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, who cares? That's your thing. That's your thing. You have a Dusty Rhodes action figure from 1987. Neat. Like, I'm going to need something to invest in. And your, you know, 1993 finisher that you're still doing and your toys is just not something I'm interested in. I want to see Sonny Kiss. I want to see the women's division. You know, let's talk about that for a little bit. They gave, I think, seven minutes uh, on this episode of Dynamite to the women's division. Uh, what? Right? Like, we gave a segment to Matt Cardona that does his blockbuster or radio silence, whatever he's calling. And again, I'm not hating on him, but he has to do something that stands out when other people are doing things that are way more interesting. All right. So, yeah, they pick up the victory. Post-match, uh, we see Scorpio Sky approach Cody, looks at the TNT Championship. So next week we get Scorpio Sky versus Cody uh, for that TNT Championship. Uh, also, if you watched AEW Dark, Scorpio Sky essentially said, uh, I'm tired of being the man on AEW Dark. My ceiling is higher than this. I'm picking up victories left and right, and now it's time for me to make a name for myself. As I've said, since I feel like I saw him in AEW, Scorpio Sky is the man, right? Like Scorpio Sky needs to be in the title picture, whether that's TNT or heavyweight championship. He's he's money. I want to I want to see a Scorpio Sky title reign. Uh, so I'm very excited about this uh, match next week. I did catch that on Dark, and I was like, "Oh, Tom's gonna love this." Um, and yeah, he he. Made good on it, coming out on Dynamite, right? Giving Cody the old, you know, the look at me. I'm looking at you. Let's do this. Yeah, and one thing that I really like that AEW does is not everything has to be this turn and we break up a group so that one person can get their solo uh, singles run, right? Like, so Scorpio Sky didn't turn on SCU to then show that he's his own man and he's going to win championships. He just said like, hey, I keep winning all the damn time. I know I'm fucking good, so let me show you how good I am. And I like that. It doesn't always have to be, oh, do you remember that uh, You know, Christopher Daniels got super kicked by Scorpio Sky? No, we just, we moved on, right? Like, they're still friends but they can also do things separate from each other. Uh, so I applaud AEW on that and to a certain degree, WWE, cause they're doing that currently with big E. Uh, so I like that. That's a good trend in pro wrestling that I'm seeing. All right. After this, we get the debate orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. I guess it's a versus. I don't know how you say that in a debate, uh, but with a special moderator, that moderator was, Eric Bischoff. Ah, uh, so let's get into it. What did you think of Eric Bischoff as the moderator? And then what did you think of the debate? I think Eric Bischoff being the moderator is fine. If that's all we ever see of Eric Bischoff, you know, mm-hmm. his little one-offs like that mm-hmm. once every couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. great. Cause that's what a legend in the business should be to AEW because it's not like you've got ties to AEW, right? Like you're not, you know, like it's just not a thing. So yeah, coming in and be like, "Hey, look, 
Remember this guy? Neat. Yeah, it's like when they had that, like, Legends, uh, uh, what did they have at WWE? Remember they used to have those fucking like legends that would hang around? Oh, yeah. They would uh, just have the legends come out and say, hey, this is, uh, you know, the Blackjacks or this is whatever it is, you know, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Like, yeah. They would just be backstage all all show mm-hmm. talking to folks mm-hmm. and like in the segments. Yeah. Um, something like that. Um, I liked the debate through the rest of it. I liked that Orange Cassidy never said nothing until that uh, the climate change thing and then just rattled off that whole thing. Um, my line of the, of the thing actually involved Bischoff when he was like, I haven't liked you for 22 years. And he's like, it's 24 and I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. I thought that was perfect. That was, yeah, that was a great cap to this, uh, segment. I thought Bischoff w- was, uh, to, to what you said to, to back up your point. Yeah. If we only see him do this and then a year from now, if it's needed that, you know, Cody and Kenny Omega, if they're feuding, they do a debate or something. You know what I mean? Someone else does it. He comes back for that. Or there needs to be some type of decision made, and he's the deciding vote. Okay. He's the guy that draws the name out of the hat who wins the million-dollar prize. You know, that kind of shit. Right. You know, uh, if I if he's being used how Bret Hart was used, right? If you remember in AEW, Bret Hart was the one that said, this is what the AEW championship looks like. Great, right? But the next week, we didn't have Bret Hart managing uh, you know, Kazarian or whatever it is. It was just right. Bret Hart was there. I Bret Hart. Yeah, I forgot Bret Hart did that. Yeah, Bret Hart was there. Here's the championship. Bret Hart is gone. That DDP ring that fell flat. Yeah, well, the the ring actually serves a purpose now because MJF always kisses it. But yeah, um, yeah, the DDP ring, there it is. It serves its purpose. DDP is not, uh, you know, tagging with QT Marshall, although he might. But you know what I'm getting at. Like, uh, if that's they how they flirted with that with DDP, but they didn't. Do right, and so if uh, Eric Bischoff is used in that capacity, I a million percent am behind this, and I like it. But in two weeks, if it's Eric Bischoff now is the general manager of AEW, then get the fuck out of here. Like I just do not want that. Because look, Jim Ross actually did pretty good this week. I, I will say that in comparison to uh, other performances he's had, this was below average, which is a compliment. Um, but the first thing he said about Eric Bischoff was 83 weeks, 83 weeks. And it's like, guys, that was fucking 22 years ago. Like people have been conceived and now are drunk watching this in the time that he last had a good idea. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah, there's whole people who don't know anything about that. Right. And so there's kids who watch wrestling who do like, no, they've heard of the NWO, but they don't really know what it was, what its storyline was. You know, they mildly know who some of the players might have been, you know, but like they they don't know. Yeah. To them, a legend is MVP, not Eric Bischoff, right? Like MVP is being used on Raw in the correct capacity. If we were to, you know, reintroduce Eric Bischoff, it's like, guys, let's stop beating this dead horse. Anyhow, uh, the debate, I I thought it was really fun. I thought it was great how uh, Orange Cassidy, you know, no sold the first two questions and then that random uh, global warming or sea levels <laughs> rising. Yeah. And he, I, I, here's the great thing about that, uh, answer is, I don't know if that's true. I feel like it's true. Well, right. <laughs> like that's what I thought was a great answer about it. Um, and then I kind of liked the, the last, uh, the last answer that orange Cassidy gave where he's like, I see what you did here. 
you booked a, a talking segment with a guy who doesn't talk. Like, so he acknowledges his, I don't know if it's a shortcoming, but his gimmick, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it was a really cool, he showed some good fire, uh, had that 1980s, I'm going to, you know, beat your ass kind of thing. Uh, and then Jake Hager fucked him up. <laughs> yeah, he did. He just freaking oh, just ran through it. Yeah, and I liked how uh, at the very end, Jake Hager put Orange Cassidy's hands in his own pockets and then threw them to uh, Chris Jericho, who hit the Judas effect. Like, I thought that was a cool yeah. way to, like, give him well, a good F.U., what was really cool is Jericho was like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you next week. He's like, and you know what? I'm going to kick the shit out of you right now. Hager, get him. What a heel move. Yeah. It was it, yeah. Jericho segments are just gold. You know, obviously he's getting up there in age. So his matches are kind of suffering you know, because like, of everything that. Everything he says always is like, I mean, it's got so many levels like we just discussed, right? Like there's just these little things that like, you don't even notice it in the hole until you go back. You're like, oh, wait a minute. He said this. Yeah. Said that. Yeah. It, it was great. So after that uh, debate, we had a quick women's match. Big Swole versus Reba in air quotes, because obviously it's Rebel. Uh, but Britt Baker just decides to not learn her name. Uh, a squash match. Uh for the most part, uh, Big Swole gets the victory. Uh, that furthers the storyline between, you know, Britt Baker and Big Swole. As I mentioned, I think as I'm going through this card, that was the only women's representation in the entire night. Now, we had some big matches, right? That 12 man, and then uh, later on in the main event, uh, a heavyweight championship match. But still, that this is where Matt Cardona can go on AEW Dark. And he makes his in-ring debut. All right, let's go to YouTube for that. And you can move one of those tournament matches to your television show, right? So uh, Big Swole gets a victory. I'm still liking this storyline. You know, Dr. Britt Baker is still one of my favorites. Uh, what did you think? Um, uh, yes, Britt Baker's awesome. It's interesting that, like, not only are they doing the... Right, the person's hurt, so we're gonna find a way to get them segments to keep them fresh. But also, they're building a feud while they're doing it. You know, um, it's not just mildly wasting time and being funny. Like we're waiting for the moment for Baker to be cleared so she can get her ass beat. Um, right. So that's fun. Um, you know, they are having that women's tag team title tournament. So I'm wondering if that's why on Dynamite we didn't get. Um, but still, you could have done something. You could have had the winners from that first night uh, come out and cut a promo. I, I just felt like the women needed a little bit more representation. As I mentioned, there's plenty of contenders. I, I think the women's division, as far as characters is pretty rich and pretty solid. Uh, but as far as representation, some weeks they get two to three segments. And then like this week, they got seven minutes. Uh, it was still great. I still thought that this was one of the better women's segments in all of pro wrestling for television, right? Like I would put that up against anything that, uh, Sasha and Bailey cut as a promo or anything like that. It's just, let's give them a little bit more, right? We have Vicky Guerrero. Let's, let's have her cut a promo. She's annoying in a good way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That we didn't see, um, Nyla Rose, right? Like that's a hot thing, right? Like you, they're losing some steam on that. Like the Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. I mean, Nyla reveal. Rose with, uh, the Funkadactyl lost in their first match. 
Nyla Rose on Dynamite should be throwing bitches around. Men and women, I mean. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> should be grabbing anyone and everyone and beating their ass because she could think this is a waste of her or that was a waste of her time and now she wants the title, you know? So we could have done some more, is what I'm saying. But I guess I guess it's a good thing, right? Like the worst thing to say is, man, you know how Monday Night Raw can be some nights. Like, we got another hour. Like, Dynamite always feels like we could have done so much more. We could have added, you know, X, Y, and Z. So there's worse things in the world is what I'm getting at. All right, now we get to the main event, the AEW World Championship match. Champion John Moxley defending his title against the Enigma the 2020 version of Jeff Hardy, in my opinion, Darby Allen. This was a, ooh, this was a knockdown drag out fight. This was a match. Yeah. yeah they, they put on a hell of a show and man, these folks love them. Some Darby Allen, man, they're putting this kid over. I love Darby Allen. I think he's great. I think, I don't know how he does it or if it's legit shoot, but when he gets tossed around, it's so believable. You know, like when he, Sasha Banks does this really great too, where the selling from both Darby Allen and Sasha Banks is almost sympathetic where it's like, fuck, did they break their leg? Is their neck broke? Is he really hurt? Yeah. Like, is he really, are they really fucked up? And so throughout this entire match, yeah, just the selling that he does for John Moxley and conversely, John Moxley, I thought this was one of his better, uh, title defenses. Uh, gets busted open a little bit towards the end, has to fight with the, I wish this kid would stay down and almost Randy Orton esque with like the voices in his head saying like, you gotta, you know, you gotta do the paradigm shift. And he's like, I don't really well, want that was to his do promo it. was he was, he, he begged him, please stay down. He said, even though I know you're not going to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> like that was his promo leading into it. So again, Moxley tying in, you know, the pre-match promo into the, into the story is good. Yeah. You know, I keep, I cannot say, how much I'm just so happy to see a wrestling show that's coherent in 2020. Uh, Cause even like what you said, a throwaway match with big swole and Reba um, still advanced a storyline to where you want to see big swole beat Dr. Britt Baker's ass. Right. So it wasn't just a normal, you know, Nia Jack says that she's going to take out the women's division squashes some girl that we never see. And then we don't see her for two or three weeks. Like any and everything that they do is coherent and, just as you had mentioned earlier in the, in the night, John Moxley says, Darby Allen, you're going to have to stay down. And as we get to the main event towards the end, we have to see John Moxley keep him down. And so, yeah, I just, it's so great. I, I just love dynamite each and every week. It just warms my heart. Even when they miss, they're not missing huge. It's just their expectations for me are so high that an average show or a good show seems disappointing. Yep, I, I agree with that. And at Heavyset330 on Twitter agreed because he says, you know, he was talking about the uh, women's tournament even here, but he says Kingston, Warhorse, and now Veda. He's like, fine, I get it, AEW, I'll watch, hashtag tweet the table. And and I, I think that is catching some folks, right? Like, like, okay, all right, everybody's talking about it, let me see what's going on. But you're right, I mean, how many of these... Like the the three people he was talking about were just this last couple of weeks. Like, how many times can they keep doing that? So, um, I love it. I hope they, you know, it's, it seems like a critical time on how do they handle this bloat possibility, right? Yeah. As, as I talked about last week, I get a little bit nervous that the roster as a whole is bloated 
And I would just hate to see some of the talent get kicked to the wayside because our pals are now free agents and we can sign our pals. You know, like, for example, uh, some more talent that we didn't see this week, which I'm okay with not seeing everyone every week, you know, because that gets fatigued very quickly, all of Charlotte Flair. But, you know, because of travel restrictions, we haven't seen Pac since this whole uh, pandemic started, right? I miss Pac. Pac was one of my favorite acts. The bastard Pac is awesome. Uh, and the death triangle with him and the Lucha Bros is really cool, I think. And and so that hasn't been seen for months, right? Lucha Bros wasn't on this uh, this episode of, of Dynamite either. And so it's just like, I want to see the talent that was kind of, you know, here since Butcher day one. Yeah. Butcher and the blade wasn't available. They should have been cutting some new hamburgers backstage. Just, you know, someone's doing a promo doing some Coke in Miami. Yeah. Doing some Coke. Who doesn't do Coke in Miami? We all do. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. All right, so that was Dynamite. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Again, uh, a good move in the right direction. I got a little bit sour on him last week when it was Cardona that makes his appearance and then the Funkadactyl made her appearance. But this one got back to the bread and butter of what makes Dynamite awesome. So I was really proud of that. Or not proud, but very uh, excited to see that. But now, as I mentioned earlier, let's get into the story of the week. Monday Night Raw threw 10 pounds of shit up against the wall and saw what stuck. And apparently what stuck was raw underground. So Tim, if you would like to please describe to the audience what raw underground was, and then I'd like your, uh, your reaction to the segments. I guess I'd call it raw fight club. Yeah. It it felt like Shane McMahon should have been holding hands with like a young 20 something doing Coke, as we'd mentioned with butcher and the blade. And then like had a really fast sports car. Cause it seemed like a little bit of a rich kids or not rich kids, but a rich man's like uh midlife crisis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, maybe like, that's where it is going. Yeah, like, I don't know. It was, you know? Um, Hey, so listen, like, it caught my attention at first, right? I'm like, okay, they're going to do something different here right like but then you know what i i listened to uh the busted open podcast and bully ray uh, you know is is one of the hosts of that and he had a really good point about this he was like look he goes if you're telling me this is dirty gritty underground then don't have the 20 different cuts for production to cut to as they're fighting Mm -hmm. and don't have it all lit up. And he was like, it's not dirty and it's underground then. Like, I I don't know. He goes, he goes, he goes, I came away, which is the same thing we had on our Twitter poll, uh, mixed feeling. Like, this is cool. This sucks. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's exactly how I felt as well. Um, I, there is some, I feel like you and I could write this premise a hundred times better than they're gonna. Um, so that's where I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't think it's going to, how, how long can this go before it's, it's cliche and done? Yeah. So I, I think where raw underground is already being cut at the knees is WWE sucks at storytelling. Generally speaking, obviously they've hit some home runs, uh, that are all time classics, but for the most part, they suck. 
Their writing team has yeah, sucked. one in the last 10 years. Yeah, the, the writing team has just been hot garbage. Um, I can actually, uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that was forced by us. Um, but yeah, WWE storyline or storytelling sucks ass. And so when you see something that's different, you automatically go like, well, this is going to be two to three weeks and then we'll never see it again. And to their own detriment, they, they do such a good job of presenting a polished show that when they say, let's do something dirty, it still is polished, right? Like they can't get back to the, the lion's den match that Ken Shamrock had in 1990. I think it seven. Why wasn't that cell phone footage from, you know what I mean? Like, and so I, I think right there, there's just skepticism because we have so much data and, you know, history of WWE sucking at stories that are different that we just think that this is going to be worse. Look here, here's the way you run raw underground is if it was told to us as where the wrestlers after the lights are off and the show's done, where their real beefs go get settled, where they go make Mm -hmm. some real cash, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is, this isn't for the fucking fans. This is, yeah. you know what I mean? This is you and I got to settle a fucking $10,000 gambling bet. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, yeah. it's almost like the, uh, the punishment from wrestlers court, right? Like you could have, Hey, you didn't pay the last three. Now we're obviously in quarantine. And so the traveling things would be hard to you know get by, but like you didn't pay the last three months of hotel. So me and you are going to fight over it. And if I win, I want my eight grand or whatever it is. Right. Uh, yeah. Shane, I thought was a weird choice. That, that was my first thought is this guy, like, First off, I get it. You do jujitsu. You like MMA, and he's liked MMA for years. He tried to buy Pride Fighting Championships when they were up for sale uh, in two thousand. I think it was two. Uh, so, I yeah, I get it. Right, like you're you're an MMA fan. So am I. But it's just you're sweaty. You're, you're bad on the mic. You're you're weird. Uh, you're low energy, even though you're trying to be high energy. I just don't like Shane. I just Shane for dirty and gritty just doesn't mix. Right. It, it's a rich kid from Greenwich, Connecticut, trying to say like he's underground. No, you're not. Shut the fuck up. You never been. Shane underground. is always, even with the mean street posse, which I liked, um, is always had that. Like, nah, I'm tough. I'm kind of gangster. And everybody's like, mm, it's like, no. no, and stop with your stupid <laughs> rabbit punches. You know, like I don't want to get, I don't want to see you get involved because you're not gonna. It's a, it's a work fight, so I know your work punches suck ass. So I don't even want to see that. Uh, but I will say this. So right, like that's all the negative stuff. Let's let's get that out of the way. I did like some elements though, right? Like so, this is the first time in my book because I really didn't pay attention to him in NXT where the Viking Raiders look like badasses, right? Like uh, I forget the bald one. Um, I forget his name, but he got in there and fucked up some jobber. And I was like, well, goddamn, look at this guy, right? Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, uh, you know, Mr. Hollywood, obviously we know his real pedigree gets in there, uh, beats some ass. Right. And then the, 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 what are they called? Is it the hurt business? Yeah, the Hurt Business gets in there. Bobby Lashley looks like he legitimately wanted to kill someone for a split second. When I was the last did. time you saw... He, yeah. He, yeah, and then... Ugh. 
And then Shelton Benjamin, when was the last time you saw a legitimate badass version of Shelton Benjamin? Yeah, it, it did wonders for that team. I will give you that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so going forward, what I hope this doesn't become is just, uh, you know, Baba Tunde. I don't, I forget what his new name is, but in NXT, he was Baba Tunde. He was in Evolve a couple times too. That's how I actually became aware of him. Um, not to like, oh, I watch indie wrestling, but just telling you what's up. Uh, but I just don't want this to be a, well, for three weeks, we got to get someone new over. So Baba Tunde, you're just going to take out jobbers in raw underground for a month. And it's like, well, you could have just done that in matches, right? So I don't want it just to be WWE guys beat nameless, faceless people. Um, and that's what I think we're going to get. No, I think the cure to their ales is more storyline-driven content and a little more edgy. And this is where you could do it, but still yeah, have your regular thing, right? You could do your two hours like normal there, and then this becomes like the... Remember, USA used to do something like that, right? And they have like a USA mm-hmm. After Dark or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. the other thing, though, that I, I wanted to talk about real quick, and we don't have to harp on this point a lot, but uh, fucking dorks. Shut up. Like, you fucking dorks that I see online. Well, I don't like to see women dancing. They fucking like to dance. What do you have against strippers and go-go dancers, you, you know, assholes? And, and I, back to the Bully Ray that I was listening to, he kind of pointed out, he's like, you know what? It did kind of feel out of place, at least for what that was. Like, it was the only thing that was just kind of like, oh, there's girls there, too. You know, he's like, but, you know, but he was like, if anything, you know, he's like, yeah, it didn't really take away from anything. Well, my point is... Uh, you know, they're trying to recreate and there's a million different themes you could you could uh, pick from. Right. One of them was Fight Club. Another one was Bloodsport. Another one I thought you kind of got with the loud music and the women was Blade. Right. Go watch any of those old Blade movies from the 90s. And women are. Di- yeah. Roadhouse. And guess what? In Blade and Roadhouse and all those, you know, bar movies, guess what happens? Women dance. So, like, these fucking, I don't know, social justice warriors who are like, women dancing, I don't care to see that. It's like, well, you know why? It's because you're a wuss. Because when shit gets real, you can't hack it. So, you want everything kept at a C level or, you know, a comfortable level for you. And, like, when real shit happens, fucking get out of here. Because you can't handle it. Let's be, let's, let's discuss what would happen in a bar like this like let's say there's a bar where they're having you know unsanctioned fights going on in the corner uh you've got alpha males in there uh in real life if you go to a place like this there will be women dancing out there because That's what I'm they're, at. they're feeling the groove they're having a few they start dancing guys get that they do less dancing they do more fighting you know like, yes so and again Right, and again, we're we're being we're we're generalizing. Obviously, women can beat ass oh, too, and, 100%, and men yeah. like to do- Yeah, men like to dance as well. So I'm not saying like only women in there dance, uh, and only men in raw underground fight. I'm not saying that at all. Nia Jax, I would love to see. You know who could get over in raw underground mm-hmm. if we're getting? Yeah, if she was you know, beating the ideas. shit out of dudes and in, 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 in underground. Oh well, yeah, Nia Jax. But you know who I, I was honestly thinking of? Shayna Baszler. Right. Yep. Shayna Baszler is beating the fuck out of most of the men legitimately on that roster. Uh, put her on Raw Underground. We could make a real star out of her, right? I think the ultimate wet dream for Raw Underground, at least for me, and I'm being silly when I say wet dream, but I think if we're going to end this in two months' time, 
before it before the sun sets on Raw Underground, I think Brock Lesnar has to fuck everyone up, right? Like let's say, yeah, Bobby Lashley is is running the the joint right with the hurt business. Nobody can stop it because he's the muscle, and then in walks Heyman. Yeah, like, and me. just yeah, and Heyman walks in, and then it's like Heyman and MVP lock eyes. Well, and everybody just MVP knows re- right if Heyman's there. Like, right, shit. but like you could you could book it with like Heyman and MVP lock eyes, and you see MVP go from like no one can touch us to fuck what is about to happen. <laughs> like he just loses yeah, you can life in like, himself. Tune in next week, right? Then you end it right there. Ugh. Yeah, and then yeah, next week on Raw Underground, unsanctioned fight. Uh, you could even say the ref doesn't even need to be in there. I, I have been more into Raw lately because they've been forced into storyline-driven content. Now, some of the storyline-driven content needs some work. Don't get me wrong, but like it's it's been forced to be more reliant on it, right? More length of a storyline focus, right? Um, oh, it's and, notable, right? Yeah. And this could only do like this almost feels like oh you know what i'm thinking of was the baywatch nights <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly be be baywatch nights it's totally fine i'm a hundred percent in uh yeah let's turn up the that background music let's get more women dancing let's get more men dancing uh let's get some women fights let's get some men fights uh let's see some blood uh i'm yeah if if we're gonna do raw underground I think this was a good palate cleanser, right? Like not cleanser, but, but but like a good taster, right? It was a good appetizer. That's the word I'm looking for. It was a good appetizer to say like, Hey, this is what it is, but let's lean in. You know what I mean? Let's see Shayna Baszler beat the fuck out of Natty, right? Let's see Bobby Lashley just take apart, uh, Angelo Dawkins. Like that's the type of stuff that I want to see. Or let's see, Drew McIntyre say, I don't need a title. I need to show you guys that I'm the real deal. And he jumps in there. Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. But, yeah, I think when the sun sets on Raw Underground, it needs to be like an implosion of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar running into each other. Where Shane can get into this is if he's running this thing and he is doing like he's, you know, running bets or he's, you know, using – you know, it to garner his power elsewhere. And then they can use that into storylines. What's you know what I mean? Like the, the idea of a sh- character in Shane's role is great, but I'm, yeah, I'm worried about it being Shane. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. With Shane, it, it, uh, again, we're fantasy booking here cause it's our podcast and <laughs> that's what we do. Um, with Shane, there's a couple things that I'm doing. One, getting a microphone out of his hand. I get for sound quality, you know, we need to hear it, but again, it's underground. No one has a fucking microphone underground. You're supposed to be gritty, right? Like that seems polished. Uh, like, like what you said from uh, busted open radio uh, and bully Ray stop with the 9 million jump cuts and production value. Do, do some uh, GTV shots, right? Where it's just a fucking security c- camera. Yeah, they that can't we see get over Ziggler. the idea of they, what he said. Vince always says is that like, if there's no motion, you give me motion. That's why they do these like jump cuts. But like there's motion there. Dolph was fucking mounted on him. and was fucking throwing hammers down on it. Like there's plenty of motion. there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I would say whoever's, producing those segments, uh, watch more real fights, right? Watch, 
uh, watch obviously MMA, but where yeah, see, I would when go are they is cutting. When are they right? Yeah. Yeah. But where I would go, you know, watch some street fights, you know, those camera video street fights that you see, you know, yeah. in front of the club at two o'clock in the morning, right. make it look like that. Right. That's why I said, why wouldn't this on somebody's cell phone? Like you can get good quality cell phone video streams, but you know, it's a cell phone, right? Like why isn't, why aren't we running it that way? Why aren't we seeing this as like, you know, I don't know. Hmm. And yeah, I think there's potential, right? Like again, if you give me the pen or the the pencil, whatever you're calling it, uh, in 2020, there's some fun things that we can do, right? Going back to that street fight element, right? If if we were in there, and Tim, you're getting your ass kicked by, uh, let's just say, um, I don't know, the Shelton Benjamin, right? I'm jumping in there. I'm gonna hit him. Like, so let's get a little bit more street fight element to it where it's like, Hey, why the hell did he jump in? Well, I don't know, but my friend's going to jump in now. Cause he jumped in and then we get some separation and security has to get involved. And then we get like, you know, back to the two participants that were initially fighting. Like that's some stuff that we can add to this raw underground. Cause again, if you're going to just take off ropes and have a fun, you know, light, who the fuck cares? So let's get gritty. Let's get gritty. I agree. Hey, man. Uh, well, God, this was fun, huh? We got anything? We don't got nothing else to talk about, right? We had a great interview. Uh, oh, no, we got plenty of stuff to talk about, Tim. I got two more topics. What are you talking about? We're doing an extra large version of Spanish Announce Table. Uh, two more topics I wanted to get your opinion on because, all right, so one, um, it's the rest of Raw, right? So I said they threw up 10 pounds of shit and saw what stuck. Uh, the two other notable segments were this mysterious faction that apparently has a name, but I'm not sure. Cause they didn't say it on TV that were flickering with the lights and then they burned a box. What did you think of that? Yeah. What is that? Initially I thought that was like being involved with the raw underground, but it's not right. So that's the, yeah, I don't know who, who and right. what, you know? Right. Yeah. So kind of TBD on that to be determined for those who don't know. Yeah, shorthand. I, just, I mean, it, I, th- I saw somebody post like they were like, hey, you should check out Raw. They pretend to have technical difficulties all night. Like, <laughs> guys, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just happened to be that this mass group of guys or girls uh, burned some boxes. Okay. Why would I care? I don't know. That seemed a little odd. But again, maybe some potential. Uh, some more rapid fire uh, topics that I wanted your opinion on, Tim. Uh, after that, on Monday Night Raw, we saw um, one of the members from the Street Profits get poisoned. Now, we don't know exactly who poisoned him. We think maybe it was Zelina Vega's crew. Uh, obviously, uh, Bianca Belair thought that. Uh, what did you think of that? Interesting. I mean, that's, that's full soap opera, right? And again, that's way better, in my opinion, for pro wrestling than 50-50 booking, right? It's way better than, you know, well, now the girls uh, outside smacked each other. So next week we get a match between Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega. Well, why? Like, eh, I'd rather see some poison or something, you know, something (laughs) like that's a little bit more interesting. Uh, You know, poison is great. (laughs) And then my last topic I wanted to bring up uh on Friday night SmackDown, a show that we rarely talk about because it's so bad, had somewhat of an interesting finish as Bray Wyatt as the fiend 
gave the mandible claw to Alexa Bliss. Yeah, this is interesting because where's Braun? You know, is he dead? Like it's well, and there again, kind of going back to the best friends and Santana and Ortiz, uh, the fiend won. Why are you still picking on Braun? I understand that was a non-title match and, you know, Braun is still champion. So maybe that's the whole reasoning behind this, but like now you're just kicking a man while he's down. Apparently he's still drowning in a, in a swamp and then you're going to pick on his BFF and, you know, obviously uh, it was alluded to in the swamp match, secret lover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like you're punching down, fiend. Like you need to go after someone who's not in I mean, a swamp he's, he's right a fiend, now. Man, he's not. You know, he's not one to listen. But to I thought that was interesting, right? We, I mean, especially in WWE, we rarely see a man, uh, you know, get violent with a woman. I think the last time we saw it was Randy Orton giving an RKO to Nia Jax in the Rumble. Uh, yeah, but that's so after that she was, was a, in there already beating the shit out of dudes, right? So right. So I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I thought the segment was shot really well. I thought Alexa Bliss did great at showing how uh, scared she was, where she was like shaking her head, knowing what was going to happen, and then it happens. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I'm really actually interested now, reinvested into the Fiend Bre- uh, Braun Strowman storyline. I agree. Um, and it, it's that simple. Like your acting can be bad. Your plot can be basic, but you just got to hit the right. Like, we don't know what happened because you haven't told us yet. Draw it out. Pause it at the right moments. Then do something we weren't expecting, you know, over here, but still fits. You know what I mean? Like with, with the characters, like that's it. It shouldn't be this difficult of a, <laughs> of a, of a concept. Right. Uh, and it's being played out really well here. Yeah, I, I, I give WWE uh, a kudos this week for at least trying something, right? Like, as I mentioned, we never talk about SmackDown. And not because, like, oh, I don't like SmackDown. It's just shit. Like, it's really bad, you know? And, and so for them to do something noteworthy as Bray Wyatt takes out Alexa Bliss, and then Monday Night Raw and all of that chaotic nonsense, uh, it shows potential. It shows effort. It shows we're still trying to keep you as a viewer. And that's, I, I think that for me, at least that's the only thing I'm asking for. Don't just say Matt Riddle versus, uh, you know, Baron Corbin, just because Baron Corbin doesn't like you that he wears uh, or that he's barefoot and doesn't wear shoes. It's like, what? No, that's it. Like that's stupid. Uh, e- even on NXT, uh, which we hadn't talked about, but Pat McAfee punts Adam Cole to end the show. That's pretty cool, right? But the storyline is really dumb. We're essentially doing Baron Corbin and Shorty G, except it's Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, where Pat McAfee just calls him little. Yeah, but that was interesting. And are they gonna they're gonna have Pat wrestle here? I guess is where they're headed. Oh yeah, they'll have him at NXT Takeover in a couple weeks, and you know Pat McAfee's d- tried matches in the past. He obviously has a big platform with his podcast, and you know how WWE is. I mean, they had Kevin Federline on an episode of Raw, so like, of course they would have Pat McAfee wrestle. Um, yeah, but I just don't Floyd like the Mayweather the wrestle the big show. Right, but I just don't like the. The, the the story he's small okay why aren't you picking on Rey Mysterio then like what the what the hell is your beef with small people I that's just such a Vince thing and it's just it was sad to see an NXT of Vince storyline now the the 
the way it was shot and produced was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it just felt, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Those moments of like the holy shit, um, this isn't supposed to be happening, right? Like this is suddenly happening over here, even though the match is going on. Works better in this COVID scenario where there isn't fifteen thousand people in the stands for whatever reason. It just feels more real, right? You get more of the like, hey, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> like you get a lot of that. Yeah, kind of, yeah, it fits well. Well, and I like that because Adam Cole went over to the commentary desk and was like, I can hear you. You know that, right? Yeah, right like, yeah. I'm I'm ringside, but I can hear what you're saying. And I thought like, okay, so this is a good way to get into it, right? It wasn't that Adam Cole got pushed into Pat McAfee and now all of a sudden, because you touched me, we got to, we have fisticuffs. It's like, no, no, no. Pat McAfee was running them down the entire time. And eventually Adam Cole was just like, Hey, you bitch, like I'm going to fuck you up, <laughs> you know? And so I like, like you said, in this COVID era era, you can hear what commentary is saying and things like that. So it makes sense that he would walk over there. Uh, also, I think it's interesting. Undisputed era is their baby faces now. Yeah. That's kind of a weird turn, right? Like maybe that's the next era of the undisputed era is the baby face run from all these guys, which I think would be unexpected. Well, they're kind of like the NXT's version of the four horsemen, right? I mean, yeah, there was times that the four horsemen were baby face, especially when like, you know, later in their careers, uh, the NWO was around, but yeah. So maybe this is what we see from undisputed eras. They all go baby face. Could be interesting. No, it's good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I like the end of NXT and um and yeah, Raw Underground is eh, we'll see. We'll but again, see. it's potential. Like right. it's this positive impatient that I've been preaching for what, years now. I have not been like I can't wait to see Raw next week, uh like this in a long time. Now this Agreed. isn't like I, I can't wait to see it because I know it's gonna be good. <laughs> it's I can't wait to see it because maybe it'll be good. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Exactly same with SmackDown. Like it's it's again effort i love that they're giving giving us effort and the, that's why i love AEW so much is because it feels like even if they miss just by a little they're still coherent and they're trying things and you have to give effort uh you know a round of applause during this time period when everything makes zero sense and so uh kudos to everyone in the world of pro wrestling this week uh specifically wwe and AEW for trying new things um and so I, I like it. I'm, I'm a big fan. The Spanish announce table. 